Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. This month, we are teaming up with igotout.org, a consortium of cult survivors supporting the I Got Out movement of activism and education to help shine light on the commercial cults more commonly known as multi-level marketing. Throughout the month of November, follow along with us on social media as we share MLM statistics, cult education, survivor stories, and ways that you can join in on the movement. Visit igotout.org to share your MLM experience and share your I Got Out selfie using the hashtags I Got Out and I Got Out of an MLM on social media. Freedom of thought is a universal human right. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. This is the last episode of November, so the last cult-focused episode. But don't worry, every episode of Life After MLM has a little bit of a cult focus, so you're definitely not going to miss it. So I wanted to round off this month talking with my friend Danielle, who is the host of the podcast From Hunts to Humans. Her and I were both involved in the cult month and decided to make cults a focus of our podcast this month. And she had some really interesting guests and topics and stories. And I wanted to have her on to not only talk about what she did, uh, but what she learned and sort of what the experience was like for her. You may have noticed that I was asking for cult stories and posting things on social media. And so basically what happened was I was gathering different stories and all of those stories are in this episode as well. And so I wanted Danielle to help me read them and she brought some of her submissions and that's what we did. So this episode is actually a collaboration episode. So the first episode you're listening to right now on Life After MLM, and the second half will be on Danielle's podcast. The links are in the show notes, so it's easy to find. But if you are the person that listens to the podcast the day it comes out, you will have to wait a couple days because Danielle posts her episodes on Fridays. So there's only a two-day wait for everybody listening right now, and then you'll get to hear it. So please enjoy this episode. Again, it is cult-focused, so there is going to be some mentions of difficult topics, the same difficult topics we've been talking about all month. There's some mentions of suicide and death, and we'll be reading people's I Got Out cult stories. And there are some pretty heavy topics. So I would just say, if you are triggered, you might just want to skip this episode. There are quite a few triggering topics in these stories. um, And please use caution otherwise. Anyway, I will see you next month for the month of December. Oh my God, can you believe it's already December? Because I have some amazing episodes lined up, interviews you have been asking me to do, and interviews from people who you cannot stop tagging me in their content on social media. I reached out to them too. So stay tuned. December is going to be great. We're bringing you eight days of holiday magic, lots of chats, some great bonus episodes, some history, some stories, some scams, some cults, some frauds. You know the drill. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. This entire month has been all about cults, cult education, cult stories, more so than normal. One of the people that I teamed up with this month was my friend Danielle from the podcast From Huns to Humans. I don't know if you guys are listening to that, but if you aren't, you should. It's kind of like this show, but with more mental health focus. And I have Danielle with me today because we are going to talk about the experience of working with I Got Out the entire month of Cult Month, what it was like to have a focus, uh, and just also we put out some calls to action and you guys responded. So we're also going to be sharing your I Got Out stories, comments, sentences, and blurbs as well. So welcome to the show, Danielle. It is so great to see your beautiful face. Hello. I love being back. Thank you so much, Roberta. I I just love that like we have these like companion podcasts where we get to like do this team up together and do fun things because We're kind of like coworkers, but like, you know, we get to be our own bosses, but also be coworkers. (laughs) So, you know, it's nice to have someone to be like, I'm doing this. What do you think? How can I make this better? And have somebody that gets it or just, you know, the struggles that like we go through as small podcasters in our own little niche and like somebody that understands what we're trying to do. So like, I really just have appreciated your friendship through this journey. Absolutely. I know we met like a year ago. You came on the show. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, you can go back like a year. 
uh, and you came on the show and we became friends and it's really great. I love having podcast friends. I love being able to bounce ideas off of people and say, is this what you're doing or what focus is you working on this month? And all of this year too, you and I have sort of been like, hey, this is what I'm working on. Do you have any episodes about faith manipulation? Do you sort of want to post it around the same time? That'd be really great. And so I love being able to collaborate and have those collaborations with you, especially because we get to do like MLM stuff and it, you know, it fits yeah. really well on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. I really like it. I love being able to like really show when we have teamed up in the past when we did faith manipulation, like to really show like, look at like, look at all of these stories, look at all of these people like, you know, it's not just like my four episodes that come out. It's also Roberta's episodes. And like, you know, now you're getting into the bonus episodes, which have been so fun. Thank you. I I it's love a, it's a little much, but you know what? Yeah. It keeps me busy and uh, it keeps me focused. So I like doing them. They're really fun. I love doing the bonus episodes. And I really love when I have guests come on to help me tell stories for bonus episodes because I think that's really, really fun. Again, the collaboration for me is probably my favorite part. So Absolutely. speaking of collaboration, we teamed up this year. Uh, last year I did it with I Got Out. This year, I said, Danielle, are you are you down to do this? Like, let's do this together. I thought it was a really fun thing to do. We're always kind of scramble-brained anyway. There's so much stuff going on all the time, not only in our personal lives, but like on the podcast. And like, we work kind of in, I don't want to say news, but like, there's a lot of breaking news that sometimes happens. And so episodes get bumped and interviews get moved and you know how it goes. So yeah, here we are talking about this. We teamed up with I Got Out this year. You joined me and the focus was on cults because I Got Out is an organization that focuses on cults. It's everyone that is a part of it is a cult survivor. I think that's really great because I think anyone can be empathetic to someone that left a cult, but someone who is, has that lived experience is just slightly going to understand it just a little bit more from that personal experience. And so having the entire I got out team all be cult survivors, I think is brilliant. And they're from so many different cults. And so you get such a really great educational and expansive database of information about getting out. And I, I don't know, I just love those women so much. They're just so wonderful. So how was it for you this year joining up and joining with us and, and making cult cult focused episodes uh, this month? Well, in natural Danielle fashion, it was overwhelming. Um, but I did, uh, really enjoy it. Lisa and Jarette were just a pleasure to work with. It was so cool to, you know, collaborate with them and to hear their enthusiasm and, you know, they're just so passionate, just like me and you are about helping people and helping people share their stories. Of course, they choose a different format. They go written versus us who help people speak their truth out loud. And there are pros to both as a therapist. It's so cathartic to write out your story and to just have that written thing out on the internet and be like, okay, I'm free from this. And, you know, just really write it out. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But also I think that it's really important to hear yourself talk through your stories. If you're ready, if you're able to, to do that and to share them and in another way. And I am an audio person. I don't love reading. So I've always connected more with people speaking out and telling their stories through this format that we choose. But it was really cool. I really love talking to Lisa. I have not gotten to listen to your uh, podcast with Jarette yet, but I'm really excited because Jarette is just like such a ball of energy. And Lisa is so like peaceful and calm, but then like a little spicy I am so excited because Jarette seems really cool. I didn't get to talk to her as much because I think she was away during like part of the time that we were all collaborating. But yeah, I'm just so I'm just so excited. <laughs> so I know that everybody listening to this heard all of my cult episodes, but what were you focusing on on your show this month? I think my favorite episode like that were mostly cult focused was my one with Lisa. But then also I did one with a stripper's guide is the handle that Leah uses. And we talked about uh, just so many things. And she is just so well-spoken about like capitalism, misogyny, and uh, 
the patriarchy and all that stuff. And we also talked about the cult of one-on-one relationships in that episode. So that was really cool. And I really enjoyed having a little bit of a spin on the episode and done just like such a woman empowerment episode. I don't know. It was just really cool. But I think my other episodes were kind of more just like our regular interviews. However, I would love to speak to the episodes that you did about the Ray Higdon group, because I've also interviewed Jennifer and Julie, and that has been so fascinating to me. And I don't know if we could like kind of start by talking about that experience a little bit, because that has been, for me, one of the biggest overlaps of culty cults. I don't know, like classic cults versus commercial cults um, is really, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Although Reg Higdon, in my opinion, is also a commercial cult. Like, I think they're all commercial cults, but just kind of seeing it like really unravel and become this really big, dangerous thing. And this is why we speak out against MLMs because on the surface, they can look so harmless, but they can become a Nexium level commercial cult very easily. And it's probably happening and we just don't know about it. People are scared to speak out when things get that dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, Here's another thing. Funny you bring up Ray. I had a follower message me and say, did you see Ray's apology video? And I was like, what? So I went and I found it and it's not actually an apology video. It is a super culty call to action of faith manipulation. And it's him apologizing to his heavenly father creator for not living up to his potential. And he's now vowing to take a life of uh, serving the Lord and all. It's just, it's very, it's very much what we hear on so many episodes on the show of this faith manipulation of like, oh, now I love Jesus. I love Jesus now. I'm a different person because I love it. It's like, that's not how that works. It's just, it's so, it's so cringy. And I actually have the audio. So I'll put it in right here. Oh, perfect. And so let's, let's get to my apology. So yesterday I realized that there was something in me that needed to be addressed you know, because there's there's been some you know chaos in our business. There's been some you know different parts of our life that is just weirdly out of alignment. I wrote down all these statements, right, of what it might be. And the last statement I wrote, when I wrote it, I realized it was the one. It w- it was the statement, and that is, I trust my Father in heaven. And I know if you've been following me for any length of time, this is probably a left curve. And I know not everyone's going to like it. I got it. I understand. The two things I'll say to that is I'll never judge you. I don't judge you. I understand. I mean, I've been I've been that way my, my whole life, right? Where I, I didn't buy into a lot of stuff when it came to God or Jesus. You know, so I know I'm not I'm never going to judge you. Right. Even though there's going to be people on here that bash me or say, oh, you know, he's doing the, you know, and they'll come up with, you know, their reasons, right. Of, of why I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm doing it for some financial gain or, or something like that. Right. Never judge you ever. Okay. And I, but I will tell you that I am going to be shining up as a different person. I'm going to be showing up and, um, and I'm going to help those willing. I'm going to help those with, with eyes to see. I'm going to help those with, with ears to hear. And I'm going to be showing up and I'm going to show up with in the way that where people need it, right? I'm not just, I'm not just going to show up powerfully in a church. <laughs> I'm going to be showing up in, in the areas of the world that I need to show up in. And, um, and I'm being called to that. And so let's get to my apology. Yesterday, I apologized to God for not trusting him despite overwhelming evidence that he was, he's been looking out for me my whole life. Overwhelming. I mean, look at all these, you know, all these, these key people around me that were called to connect with me and, and look at all, all these, you know, the pastor that I I met one time that just let's pray. You know, I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Because of my lack of trust and my lack of faith, he's been, you know, gathering resources, assets, 
you know, to point and guide me, to help me, you know, kind of get there. And so I apologize for, for not trusting him, despite the overwhelming evidence. Twice in my life, I tried to kill myself. I took, uh, I don't know, like four, you know, when I was 18, 19 years old, 18, I think, I had my heart broken by this girl and, you know, she wasn't the right girl, right? But I was just so fragile and it was kind of like the last straw, the straw that broke the camel back. And so I took four boxes of sleeping pills and I took a, a fifth of whiskey and I was ready to end it. I thought it would work. You know, that didn't work. Later, a few months later, that I believe that same year, I sat in a bathtub, plugged a toaster in, pushed that button down and threw it in the tub. I mean, that's not a cry for help. That's not a, let me nick my wrist knowing it's going to heal up, right? And there's been periods of time where I felt called to God, but I just didn't trust it. And I know why. And the reason why is I've been what my friend Yaya calls an orphan spirit. An orphan spirit is someone who didn't have a great role model as a dad, someone who didn't have that father figure. And the father figure is there to help you with your identity. So I've been searching for identity and plugging into different things and, you know, trying to, you know, make this work, that work. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Maybe that's, you know, doing the best that I can. Right. And I think I've done a good job of doing the best that that I can. But now it's time to do the best that I can with him. You know, today I was called to, to share this. I, I don't know what this looks like because I know I know what the next question is. The next question is, well, hey, does that mean all of your training is now going to be the gospel is all of it going to be about God. And I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But what I do know is that if my mission now is to bring, you know, glory to him and help those that are that are looking, help those that have plugged into a million things, trying to find their home, trying to find their father, trying to find their home, trying to find, you know, where they belong, then uh, I'm, I'm going to be helping them in whatever way that I can. I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm a prophet. Am I evangelist? Am I teacher? Am I, you know, bum? Am I what? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, but I was called to share this today. You know, I got worked on last night mm, just for hours, just energy going through my body. Just, just, you know, and I know that, you know, some, some of you think that, you know, meditation is evil or the devils or, or whatever. Let me tell you, meditation helped me lead me here. And meditation is actually the foundation of prayer. And so uh, I don't see, you know, now meditation without jurisdiction, you can fall into the wrong places, right? But, but me loosening some of the trepidation, stress, fear, anxiety, past trauma from my body is what has helped me get here and helped me be more accepting, be more trusting, be more of the type of person that I need to be. And so uh, don't know what it looks like. I need to share this. You know, I'm just glad I'm grateful to be home. I'm grateful to um, have a, a father that I can trust. That's a good teacher. That's a good guide. That's a good protector. And, um, and I appreciate you tuning in. And I hope um, this has been helpful in some, some way, shape or form. I don't know if it has, but I at least was obedient to the assignment. And I will continue to be obedient to the assignment. And so I appreciate you so very much. Have a great day. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. 
They have become an absolute favorite and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. gotten to see it I did have somebody send it to me but it was a dead link and I was just like I'm not gonna put this in my brain right now so what I think is happening and what we see happening in my opinion is that these people kind of like hit a wall with their cognitive dissonance and instead of taking the time to like peel it apart and examine what this is and you know potentially get out they pivot I think that we see this a lot where people pivot right into faith it it happens a lot faith also can prey on you when you're vulnerable, unfortunately. So Absolutely. that's that's another thing to think about. I've, I've talked about the frying pan theory, leaving one high demand and going into another. And it happens. People relapse. It really does. There's a lot of work to be done when you leave, especially if you're going to share your story and you're going to speak out because there is backlash. People will comment. Um, you don't have to read them and you don't have to agree with them, but people will because that's what people do. <laughs> It's a place that you have to get to, to be able to do that so that you don't relapse and you don't join another. Because even when I left LuLaRoe and I was like, LuLaRoe's the worst, I still joined Modair. Like I joined right into it. And I was like, what am I doing? And got out. But right. it happened to me too. I relapsed so quick. So be careful. Be careful when you're leaving something that's really high demand and look at what other high demand groups might be preying on you because relapse is a real thing. Right. I think that this speaks to like domestic violence relationships or as we call them here, the cult of one. We see this happen often where you leave a really abusive one-on-one relationship and then you pivot and you turn to the next thing or person and it turns out to be another very dangerous situation or maybe it's dangerous in a different way, emotionally, physically, financially. It's just so sad to see because, you know, when you get out, you're like trying to figure out how to better your life. And then you're like, ah, let me do this thing. And that's where we get you with these cults is because they show us these like sparkly diamonds and all of the glory and, you know, the fancy houses and your crunchy kids and all that stuff. And it's like, wow, everyone's life is so perfect in whatever direction you go. And then you just end up in another bad situation, but that makes me sound really doom and gloom. So (laughs) hope is a hell of a drug. Yeah, for sure. I I think that my favorite episode that I did this month was the Amway tool scam cult with Sean Munger. I was so 
fun. And I've gotten so many people going, oh my God, that was my favorite episode. So I'm really hoping, Sean, I know you're listening, that you'll come on and help me tell more fraud and scam stories um, in 2023 because it was so fun. It was a really, really great episode and definitely one of my favorites of this year. I'm in the middle of listening to that one and I thought it was really interesting. I really liked, he's a historian, right? I'm not making that up. Okay, cool. Um, And I really liked that he came from that perspective of like gathering information and gathering history because I think that we forget that we're making history in real time, just like we're healing in real time right now. It's cool to have someone take an interest in what we're working so hard on and saying, yes, like this is important that we document what's going on so that way we can learn from it and hopefully help people in the future. Yeah, it's just, it was so good because I'm not a historian, although I feel like I'm kind of an amateur one sometimes. For him to be like, it's all about the sources. And I felt that when I was doing the Ron Rewald and Thomas Wilhite episodes, because the only source I had was this like sketchy book but like so much of what he was saying, I was finding in other sources and, and linking back and going, maybe this guy really is telling the truth with all of this stuff. And then finding court cases that sort of like solidified a few down the line going, well, obviously this is what's happening because eventually it led to this. So even being able to talk to him and him explaining just sort of like how historians do their research and like looking for sources and how it, how it's all about the source it like it, it gave me like this like this hit of dopamine i was like yes that's i love this i absolutely love doing the research and doing these stories for bonus episodes it is so fun i um sometimes when i think about you and your like deep dives and stuff i think of you as like you know, like you have your girlfriends and when you start dating someone new and they're, and you're like, oh, this happened. And then you're like, oh, this MLM happened and you just dive in and you're all in and you're like, did you know that they started this and this and all of a sudden you're telling me about all this stuff. And I'm like, this is going to be a great bonus episode, Roberta. You go girl. <laughs> I know oftentimes I'm like, do you think anybody would care about this? Like I found this weird plane crash or there's this weird thing. Like, do you think anybody would care? And it's like, yeah, I care. Make the episode. So yeah, it's, I feel like, uh, I also feel like when I meet a new scam, it's like a new relationship for me and I disappear. Like <laughs> people are like, are you okay? You haven't posted on like Instagram. I'm like, oh no, I'm just like super deep. I'm watching all the documentaries. I'm reading all of the articles. Like I'm making an episode. <laughs> Yes, that does happen. All of a sudden, I don't hear from you for a while. And I'm like, Oh, Roberta's got something cooking or she's very unwell. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys are ever like wondering where I am, I'm probably like neck deep in some sort of like rabbit hole somewhere. So don't worry. The content okay. cave. Right. I call <laughs> it my content cave. <laughs> Was there any other episodes that you really liked or highlighted that spoke to you or you learned something new I like it when I find out that you learned something new you know I really liked talking to Jared because we go down you know the episode came out that was the most recent episode uh we go down this whole thing about sharing your story and about how important it is and like the psychological impact that your brain has when you tell your story and when you stand up and you speak your truth and it just was really interesting to me and I didn't know any of that when I decided to stand up and speak my truth and tell my story. But the like the side effects of your brain that she talks about, like I've experienced all of that. And so I was like, yes, absolutely. So that was interesting to know that there was actually connection between those two things. Um, and really listening to Jarette's story, I didn't know it. I have to read her book. Being in a, a, a cult that manipulates your dreams, like that was a new one to me. I'm like, wow. And it was really interesting because... The manipulation of dreams had come up also this month in another cult episode where they had to like tell people about their dreams. Like, this is what I dreamt about and then get berated for it. And it was, I said something to the effect of like, it's so wild to me that you would voluntarily tell people that you're the only person that knows what happened. You could make something up or just completely omit things. And so it was very interesting to me, like, uh, to, to learn that 
dreams are being manipulated in some of these cults. That was another thing that I had no idea. I didn't even really think that you could manipulate dreams. Like I don't even remember my dreams half the time. So it was very interesting to me that that was something that cult leaders were manipulating. Absolutely. I actually, I do have somebody that I'm working with currently who has had their dreams manipulated in their cult. And it has been really hard deprogramming that and learning and working through that. So I can only imagine what Jarrett went through, but yeah, that is, it's so weird, kind of like straddling the cult space (laughs) where I do like personally work with people in cultic abuse, but then also doing like the podcast. And it's so interesting because like we tell these stories and for the most part, they're fairly like life. We laugh so that we, we don't cry as you say, and you know, all of that stuff. And then like doing the work in therapy is so different and really like holding a flame to those moments and giving them the weight that like they really command and processing them is just so different. So I guess all of this to say, you know, being on the podcast is definitely not a replacement for therapy. And I really encourage people that are struggling, like go and do therapy and like the podcast and being on podcasts can be super therapeutic and cathartic and really helpful in your healing journey. But um, it's very different than what you're going to go through in individual work. Yeah. And to like, do like an MLM comparison, like therapy is like the lean and green, and then like going on podcasts and telling your stories, those are your fuelings, you know, your little <laughs> snacks. <laughs> like, you, did not. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you did not just compare therapy to Optivia. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I like to make the analogy very simple. And when you were there, I just, I wanted to make a stupid joke and it worked. <laughs> oh yeah, it did. Oh yeah. It did. <laughs> That's so funny. I was going to do like a Thanksgiving, like buffet analogy, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go full MLM on this one. (laughs) All of these stories were submissions from listeners uh, and followers of Danielle and I, and we just put out some calls to action to say, hey, if you've been a part of a culty group, whether it's an MLM, a religious one, a one-on-one, whatever it is, or a culty institution or something that you think is kind of culty, let us know. And we got some really interesting submissions. We got some that were just single words, <laughs> some that were sentences, some that were paragraphs, some that were novels. And so I think we'll just go down this list. So we have four different categories. This podcast uh, is actually split up into two different podcasts. The first part is on life after MLM. And the second part is with Danielle on From Hunts to Human. So make sure that you check out both of those. They're in the show notes of both of our shows so that you can check out those episodes and listen to them. Half of the stories we gather are going to be on my podcast and the other half will be on Danielle's. So if you want to hear them all, I know shameless plug, but you know, we do a lot of work and you guys should listen to both episodes because we love you. (laughs) Love bombing, love bombing, love bombing, love bombing. (laughs) so we're gonna start with the mlm stories and then we'll work our way through sounds great sounds good we also have some notes that we've taken um for some things that maybe have not shown up before that we didn't know and so we made some notes as we get to those to sort of explain the organization that is being talked about because some of these i was like what and so i looked it up oh my god so many cults there is one that I'm really excited for because I can't wait to tell you what I found in my initial Google search. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we're going to start with the MLM stories. And of course, the first one on the list says LuLaRoe. If you know, you know. And I know. So <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, we all know. We all know. Um, The next one says, would love to share my story about the MLM that scammed me. They all sound the same, even though they guarantee they are different. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You should definitely, if you are ready, like we said earlier, if you are ready, you should definitely share however you can. We got two podcasts here that would love to talk to you. And Jarrett, you can go and take the writing class. So much stuff. So many ways to tell your story. Okay. The next one says, yes, I was part of a cult-like organization, an MLM. I realized I was a great target for them because I was insecure and I was young and they used that to make me feel like I was special, like I was part of the group. They found me on the street and invited me in for a free body scan test. The presentation convinced me that they were doing a good thing and the product was tasty. I was new to the city, 19 years old, just starting my studies, living on my own. And after hearing that my parents were struggling their whole lives financially, I saw this as an opportunity to be a success, a provider. 
in hindsight, I would tell my past self, you are beautiful just the way that you are supposed to be and you don't need to work, just study and enjoy student life. You are not a burden to your family. You are capable of finishing your studies and becoming a great scientist. These people pretend to know stuff, but they just want your money and not really to see you thrive on your life path. Wow. Yes. That was so yes. powerful. And I hope you are a great scientist now because that's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. I was in Vaisalis and it was very, very unpleasant and cringy. I had unsettling feelings weeks after joining. Okay. So when I first looked this up, I found a vasectomy company. What? <laughs> yes. And I was so confused. I'm scouring this vasectomy company's website. It's like a machine. And like, I, I was like, how do you become a consultant to give vasectomies? I was like, this is so weird. But then I was like, you know, I wasn't even phased though, because I was like, you know what? MLMs, they touch every path. They're always going to get you somewhere. And so why not vasectomies? And you know what? With what's going on in the world right now, the time is now. Let's have at-home vasectomies. <laughs> like, Danielle, so did you just start a vasectomy, Emily? Scouring <laughs> the website. I'm like, how do I join to become a consultant? Because I'm trying to like verify that it's an MLM. And yeah, it wasn't. It it was not an MLM. Um, so you went back to Google and you checked the next search results. <laughs> I actually had to put in Vasalis MLM to oh. get there, I think was what I had to do. Because I was like, okay, eventually I was like, okay, this is not an MLM. So I go back and like, I still couldn't find it. I did finally find it. And Right now, it sounds like they're actually called Vi Sciences, but mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, they all have these confusing names. Uh, they're based in Los Angeles, and uh, they are known for the Body by Vi 90 Day Challenge program, which my friend did that. Really? My friend did that. She joined Body by Vi to sell the product. And then she ended up joining my LuLaRoe team as well. But she left before I did. And she was actually one of the people that helped me see what was going on and convinced me to leave. But she uh, it, she did Body by Vi first. It sounds like it's, I had never heard of this one before. So it sounds like it's pretty much just like a classic shake company uh, with yeah. other supplements, drink supplements, all that stuff, energy drinks. So yeah. yeah, don't, don't join that. And also just so you guys know, it's not a vasectomy company. <laughs> it's not a vasectomy company. My favorite part of that was how you were like, hmm, I completely unfazed. You're like, that makes sense. Like you weren't <laughs> like a vasectomy MLM. Like you were like, oh yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, you've truly seen everything when like the vasectomy MLM, like you don't even bat an eye. <laughs> was about to text you while I was looking for it and I was like have you heard of this one like I had it all written out and then like I was like wait hold on let me look at this and then I found it and I was like oh gosh I can't wait to tell her <laughs> so that's a good lesson to anybody who are googling things trying to figure out if they're an MLM if you google something and you come up with a complete not result that you were looking for just add MLM and try again <laughs> yes 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 body by Vi is very similar to the next one which is Frickin' frackin' beach body. It's like my favorite response. Seriously. Like beach body or a body, as they're called now. I have so many things to say. But um, I think that if you've listened to either of our podcasts before, you will know how we feel about beach body and how they manipulate people into having bad self-esteem. And it's terrible. Everybody on the beach is a beach body. Absolutely. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> yes. So now we have another, ooh, a long one, another beach body one. I was a newly divorced mom raising three kids on my own. I was the perfect target. Did I need extra cash? Absolutely. Was I feeling frumpy and tired? Yup. Was I willing to put in the work to change my life? You bet. I feel like I'm reading an infomercial. Uh, <laughs> Was I lonely and isolated and want to be included in special groups of strangers that supported each other? 100%. I dove in, pushed play on those videos, posted nonstop Facebook posts, tagging my team and using stupid hashtags about my progress and how great the program was. 
I ended up never getting anyone to sign on with me, but I ended up sinking a ton of money into those damn shakes that tasted like poop emojis and ended up harming my liver. Wow. That, that's, I neglected my three kids. I was starving myself with the damn tiny portion control containers. Oh my gosh. Can those things die? Uh, Like seriously, why are they still around? My doctor made me stop the shakes. When I asked my upline, why can't we have more than one shake a day? Her response was very vague. You shouldn't have too much of a good thing. Yep. That's when I stopped. I ate a huge burger with fries and moved on with my life and raised three amazing kids. Wow. Well, I'm glad you got out and I hope that you're feeling better because dang. I hope you enjoyed that burger. Seriously. Seriously, seriously. The next one says, I was in Mary Kay and I only saw how cold it was after I got out. And I feel like that's a lot of people's stories. Like they don't realize what they're in. Like they are so coerced and just like under this control that they really believe all of the things that they're doing are normal. And they don't see it until they get out and they go, what was I doing? Because it's like from the outside, it's very obvious that it's not normal behavior. Right. Absolutely. I started as a home interior rep at 20. Over the 26 years, I joined Creative Memories, Beauty Control, Young Living, Rainbow, Plexus, Yuck. And what's this one? Euphoria. Euphoria, spelled with the little things on the top. Unnecessary Uh, umlaut. Yes. Um, My grandma was a Tupperware rep back in the 60s, earned a quote unquote free car. She was so proud of it. She could sell ice to polar bears. <laughs> I held Tupperware parties, Pampered Chef, Norwich's. What's Longa that one? Burger. Longa those are those burger? baskets. Oh, I think you've done an episode on them. Um, Party Light, Leah Sophia, the list goes on. I spent two years on dirty living room carpets selling rainbows. Even when my then eight-year-old cried when I left, begging me not to leave. Oh. I learned eventually my breaking point was euphoria. We held business building group meetings at 10 o'clock on Sunday night with some guru who told us to forget the product focus and only focus on the opportunity and how much money you can make. If you could teach two people a month to do the same. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Damn. That was a lot. And beauty control closed in 2017. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know anything about Rainbow. Do you know about Rainbow? That's the vacuum company. They sell okay. vacuums. Yeah. I, I actually did. I looked into them and I like in preparation for the episode and I didn't put anything in there because again, I got so another vasectomy at- company. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> company like I can't figure this out like why would there why would there be an MLM vacuum company and then I'm like well there was a vasectomy company so who knows and then I was just like you know what I'm just gonna come back to this later and then I never did because that's the way ADHD works <laughs> there's um, at least two MLM vacuum companies Kirby which is old school we had a Kirby it was the most anxiety ridden vacuum ever I had all these attachments my mom was like don't touch I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm terrified of vacuuming because of that. And then Rainbow, they sell vacuums and they also sell like air purifiers and things like that. And I actually had someone in the salon one time sit in my chair and give me the rainbow pitch <laughs> while I was cutting her hair. She asked me if I wanted to have a demonstration that I could get one free, if I could get other people to demonstrations. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good on the vacuum. Thank you, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And the last MLM submission we got says, I was a new youth. <laughs> Let me try that all over again. I was a new youth. <laughs> oh my God. This is why I edit, Danielle. <laughs> you should hear my housekeeping before I edit it. It's like, what the hell? Let me try that again. <laughs> okay. I was in Unique. I was also one of Jehovah's Witnesses for a while. Didn't realize how culty it was until I started comparing it to Scientology. Yeah. And that is such a good segue into our next section, which is religious stuff that people brought up. So the next one says, I was involved with Plexus and Ark Church for years. Crazy how they were both so similar. So ARC Church, A-R-C, stands for Association of Related Churches. It's basically the pyramid scheme MLM of churches. Yeah. So I like went and watched this Facebook video of them talking and they were just, I felt so lost watching it, but also they were talking about like expanding and like, I get it. Like if you have a business and churches are businesses, feel free to come at me for that. Or please don't. I really can't emotionally handle it. You know, so the business of churches, you want to expand, you want to make money and you're trying to grow your congregation. So I get that, but it was like such a, like, we're trying to reach everyone and consume the world. And like, it was, it, I don't know. It just felt very MLM-y. No, it is. And I actually, this is a little thing. Sometimes on this show, I interview people and um, the interview doesn't come out for a variety of reasons. And I actually did an interview with someone about ARC churches and what they call, quote, church planting, which is the growth of church growth called church planting, right? We did this interview months and months and months ago, but I wasn't able to publish it because the woman that I interviewed was actually being like stalked, harassed, and fair gamed by the ARC church. So she asked me to not post it because she didn't want any more. Um, harassment. So I, I know a lot about ARC churches. Uh, they really are essentially the MLM of, of church planting. And essentially what it is, is this is very, very confusing. But if we look at it like a pyramid, the main church is the mega hun. And then that main church, you can, as a congregation member, open up another church that's connected to that church, but is its own separate church entity and become your own mini mega hun church outside of it. But you have to tithe 10% of what you make back to the original Mega Hun Church, just like per any uh, congregation would tithe 10% of their income to the church. The church then, as a ARC church-planted business, then tithes 10% of what they make as a church back to the original Mega Hun Church. And these things are spreading like wildfire. So, like, who's the daddy upline? Is that Jesus? Like, who's getting all this money? (laughs) I don't think Jesus is involved with any of this kind of stuff at all. (laughs) Just so everyone knows, I have, like, very, very little religious background, so. But, like, it's just insane to me that they can do that, and it's just okay, and there's no taxes, right? Like you know, think about the town you live in, and then count how many churches are in your town. And this is not anything about like religion of bad or anything like that. It's just how prominent it is. There's a lot of churches, even like just to get to the freeway from where I live, I drive by like four churches just to get to the freeway. So there's a lot of churches and ARC uh, is a church planting organization. And they're just planting these, I believe it is like evangelical, the whole what we're seeing uh, now with the evangelical uh, and it's just, it's spreading like wildfire. And if anybody is involved with ARC that does want to talk and we can even do it anonymously, maybe I'll reach out to her and say, Hey, can I post it anonymously and sort of like remove things or figure something out? I don't know. It was a really interesting episode and I was kind of bummed to not post it, but if anybody's involved with ARC and wants to talk about it, I I would gladly make another episode um, about that. Yeah, that would be really cool. If anyone does, like, please reach out to Roberta because I know you'll do that episode way more justice than I will. I struggle so bad with the religious episodes because I just don't understand. I did not grow up with religion. So, like, it's very hard for me to, like, relate to it and, like, get that, like, empathy level that I have for other things. Um, 
just trying to own my own my stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I didn't really grow up religious, but I had a lot of friends that were. And so I would often go to church with them, like have sleepovers and then go to church with them the next day because I was just really interested in like what people believed. I was like, well, what is this church thing? Spoiler alert. They pretty much all believe the exact same thing. Be a good person and love each other. And that's pretty much what it is. So I figured that out and was like, oh yeah, I already know that I'm good. But it's, you know, so for me, I can kind of understand some of the religious stuff and I feel like I have enough empathy because I understand, but also I'm removed from it. So I don't have that like human emotional connection to defend something that I so deeply believed in for a a good portion of my life. So I'm in, I'm in this weird blurred line between the two. I feel like I don't know what questions to ask because I know so little about religion as a whole. I think that's where I get really stuck. But anyways. Well, the next one says ex-Mormon. I was born into it. I wish I could tell myself to listen to my intuition that the church tried to suppress. Also, feelings are not facts. Bravo. Snaps. And facts are not attacks. That's true. And also opinions are not facts either. Just, Just to be clear. Next one says, I was raised in the Catholic church and went to Catholic schools. I believed in most of it until college. Okay. So this was someone that's, this was interesting. This was one that I had to Google. This, this comment came from TikTok and it said, I grew up close to one and we were warned not to go by it. This was a rural area in Ohio and it was called the way I believed. And so I looked it up and it's called the way international. And it is a global non-denominational Christian ministry based in new Knoxville, Ohio. It was started in 1942 as a radio program and is currently practicing throughout the United States two U.S. territories, and over 30 countries. It has been described as combining biblical literalism, evangelicalism, Calvinism, ultra-dispensationalism, and Pentecostalism. So it's a real smorgasbord of religion there. I was part of a cult. They sent all the youth who could afford it and some who couldn't to a brainwashing camp where they run 12 to 17-year-olds on about three hours of sleep. And make them do mini Ironman competitions. After that, we'd have to listen to hours of sermons where we'd basically get told that we were sinning if we didn't stay awake for the entire thing and how the devil was going to possess us right then and there. Wow. I had a lot of stories that I would be happy to share about this particular cult. Wow. Please definitely reach out to either or both of us because... Uh, oh my god this one says i was in the house of yahweh cult for 29 years including eight of those years living on the compound after my arranged marriage i worked in one of their food service departments among other roles i got out nearly two years ago after a long journey and a battle for my mind i also had never heard of the house of yahweh or H-O-Y, as it is also called. It is a religious group that is based in Texas, and the assembly has been controversial and is referred to as a cult by former members. They have at least six failed in-times predictions, as well as a few horrifying legal issues, including murder, child abuse, and bigamy. Yikes, that sounds really scary. Oh, man. Glad you're out. The next one says, I was born and raised Mormon. After I left my ex-husband, I left the church. Mm, Wow. Ex-Jehovah's Witness. My family is still in it and have not been able to have a relationship with them for going on 13 years. Aside from small periods of time where I considered going back so that I could have a relationship with them. I had a boyfriend at the time that wasn't in it and was disfellowshipped by having premarital sex. I was 20 at the time and up until that point, I hadn't even been kissed. I moved in with him and started building a life away from there. It was easy leaving. It's hard dealing with convincing yourself that it was the right thing years later when your parents don't even know their granddaughter. Oh, it's so sad. sad. We left the Mormon church. It was wild. What we saw after we opened our eyes versus when we were blinded by being a part of the church. Wow. Yeah. It is interesting. Uh, we got to do more Mormon episodes, especially with all of the news and everything that's been coming out lately. I, I definitely would like to dive into that kind of stuff for 2023 as well. Uh, this one says the Potter's House Christian Fellowship. They have churches all over the world. 
worst 24 years of my life. So again, I had never heard of the Potter's House Christian Fellowship. I looked it up. It is a Pentecostal church based in the U.S. It was established in Prescott, Arizona in 1970 and has been criticized in a number of areas, including high levels of control, extreme commitment requirements, and the mistreatment of former members. The intensity of involvement and indoctrination by the church has led many former members labeling the group as a cult. So there we go. It's really interesting. So many of these groups, when I Googled them, like the Wikipedia was like, this is a cult. I was like, okay. Wow. It's interesting how we've really developed in like calling out things as cults, because even just a few years ago, it wasn't, it was kind of taboo. Like even when you were in the documentary and you called out LuLaRoe as a cult, I think that that really was interesting for people because Amanda Montel talks about this all the time, right? Where people, and we talked about it earlier, people think of cults as like the Jamestown massacre and children of God, things like that. For us to call out these active groups as cults and for Wikipedia to be labeling them as cults, like that is definitely a shift in what we're seeing in society, which is really interesting. Absolutely. And it's, it's, again, it's just, people are talking about it and you can't ignore it when there's this huge group of people that are talking about it, that are sharing their experiences and have others corroborating these experiences and going, yes, I was in this too. And that happened to me as well. It is so important. That is why people don't want people to talk. That is why cults don't want you talking to other members. It's why they don't want current members talking to former members, because this is the truth and they don't want their bubble burst because follow the money. Yeah. It's all about money. Absolutely. All right. The next one says, I would love to discuss purity culture. I didn't want you to get hurt. Is what my mom said after I was hurt by purity culture. Mm, That Mm -hmm. sounds really interesting. Again, please reach out. Either of us, both of us would love to talk to you about it. Absolutely. I definitely, that was something that I wanted to do this year that I just didn't have time. Um, But I definitely want to make purity culture an educational focus in 2023 as well. I think it's really important to understand that because it goes into so much of the, the toxic masculinity and the slut shaming culture and all of that because ugh, it's disgusting. Anyway, the G12 church, super culty. And again, I was like, the what? G12. So I looked it up. G12 actually stands for government of 12, as in the 12 disciples of Jesus. Anyway, so this is an excerpt of a blog I found when I Googled G12 cult because there wasn't a lot of information. I mean, I was finding a little bit here and there, but I wanted to find some meat and potatoes. So I Googled it and I found this blog. And this was a passage. It says the G12 vision is almost like a pyramid scheme. Once you become a member of a cell, you will be taught how to live your life and invite more people to come to the church every Sunday through evangelicalism. Each cell member will take workshops and devote their time to the ministry. Once you join a cell group, you may be suggested to take part in the encounter weekend and leadership workshops within the church. Once you have completed the workshops, you will have your own cell group of 12 people to teach, to become leaders and help the church grow. More people equals more money. You are They're literally teaching you how to make a pyramid of 12 people and teach other people to do the same thing. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. What? All right. I was raised Mormon. You don't think about cults being such a normal thing, like such a big religion you see every day. This church was founded on lies, control, and essay of minors. That hasn't changed and is actually why I left as a teenager. Because a leader attempted to assault me during a worthiness interview. I was 13. It's totally normal and expected for minors to meet with adult members of the priesthood alone to measure their worthiness. From the inside, you don't realize how wild and inappropriate that is. From the outside, I see so much now. I've always wondered what a cult would look like if it continued and succeeded instead of ending. It blew my mind when I realized that's exactly what the LDS church is. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church, was a textbook cult leader. Once you learn about him from real outside sources. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can corroborate this story that this worthiness interview 
and yeah. the essay and the attempted essay of minors. I can, I, I, I know people that can corroborate this and I will corroborate their stories through this, but yes, absolutely. And, and, oh my God, it's fucking disgusting. It's, I, I have chills. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing with us. This is terrible. And it's terrible that it continues to happen because we know better as a society. We know better. And it's sad. Who's actually protecting our children? Because the ones that are saying save the kids seem to be the ones that are hurting them. Um, I grew up in a cult from the age of five to 12 when it disbanded due to a 10 year old Aaron Norman dying from untreated juvenile diabetes. He was a close friend to my family. My dad was an elder in the church and was arrested for playing part in his death. The church was dubbed the no name fellowship by the local press. And so I looked into this uh, again, another cult I'd never heard of. The no name fellowship goes by quite a few names, actually. And what I found was that among members, the church is typically referred to as, quote, the truth or, quote, the way. But those outside the church refer to it as, quote, two by twos because of how they go door to door recruiting, um, the black stockings because of what they wore, the no name church because they never would say what the church was, or the Cooneyites because the original founder of this group was a man whose name was Cooney. Uh, also workers and friends or Christians anonymous. Those were all names that I found for this particular quote, no name fellowship. So yeah, it's out there and not to be confused with the way international, which is different. This was just the way that's a different cult for a different day. Okay. And then the last one in the religious category is a long one and I'll read it. We tried Danielle, (laughs) Danielle forfeited and I will read this. Okay says, I really love your work because I grew up in a high control Pentecostal group that fits every marker for, quote, definition of a cult that I found. And my adoptive mother, who is no longer in my life, also joined every MLM that came her way. In the 70s, she was involved in something called Evangelism Explosion, which was a pyramid scheme for souls. Check it out. She explained to me by drawing a pyramid diagram and explaining exponential growth. I was taught that structure was good. I remember she drew little stick figures and the lines connecting them. Starting in the 80s, she sold Jaffra makeup. Aw, not even Mary Kay. So much colored eyeshadow, mostly autumn tones. And also tried to get everyone involved in Amway. There was some kind of coupon group that she got really excited about going platinum in later on. She called everyone for that. Even people she'd fallen out with, of which there were some. That one had such a bland name that I can't even remember it. But I'd love your research on MLMs that basically sell coupon books popular in the early 2000s. I know, I'm gonna have to look into that. In our wacky church where the highest status women had 10 plus kids all born at home, there were some direct marketed food products that my family sold, I think, or at least bought and got really excited about. One was freeze-dried berries because Ravens had brought the prophet Elijah berries when he was hiding in a cave from the evil Jezebel. So that means that God confirms the berries are good for you. Being forced into a cave is fine for your health, I guess. Hey, he was being tested, but he still got his holy smoothie ingredients. What can I say? We had a book in our bathroom called What Would Jesus Eat? (laughs) I swear, man. My then Mormon BFF, who was on his way out and gently helping me out of my mind warp too, answered that question this way. Fish and loaves, baby. Lots and lots of fish and loaves. And berries and wine. (laughs) The point is that there is so much overlap with food and wellness mania and high control religions. Makes sense. They all exploit the same psychological needs. I've heard before that lots of extreme Christians also join MLMs, and it doesn't surprise me at all. We also bought this powdered bovine colostrum stuff called Immunicol. When I had to get pulled out of Bible college because I got mono, yes, from kissing someone, don't tell Bible college, I had to, one, take this gross cow powder Two, get prayed for to be healed and three take this insane apple cider vinegar garlic habanero infusion that my seventh day adventist uncle called his mojos it sounds like crunchy mom's fire cider is what it sounds like uh but it's also culty mojo sauce i had to put it under my tongue three times a day ouch at least the gross milk powder cooled my mouth down and once i recovered from this virus which actually has no treatment because it's a virus you literally just wait it out they were all clamoring for what had healed me 
Mojo Juice, Immunicol, or the power of prayer. Talk about no control group. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you read that because it was painful when I read it. You gave, you definitely gave this person a little more justice than I did. Oh my God. That, oh my God. Like, I don't even know what to say. That was, that just sounds like someone needs to come on your podcast. That I know. I mean, absolutely. Right. That, oh. that was so many little nuggets that could be opened up like that just sounds like a delightful little episode right there. <laughs> I Except- am going to have to reach out to some of these people and be like, um, I need more information about this. Yeah. Some of these stories are just so wild. Like you can't even write this stuff. Like it's no. wild that this actually happened, but it did. It actually happened. Yeah. So we just went through two of the four categories, the other categories, which are personality and guru cults and lifestyle cults will be on Danielle's podcast. So make sure you head over there. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on the show today and talking about our I Got Out month and all the cult stuff we've been doing and what November looked like for you and helping me read these stories. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, Roberta. This was fantastic. And I'm so excited to be here and to collaborate with you. And also, uh, before we go, I just wanted to shout out that there is some stuff coming down the pipe with the FTC. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Go to outofmlm.info. I know that Michelle has been working really hard to get things together. Uh, I think that there's going to be another comment, uh, an open period for comments coming up. More info to come, but wanted to let everyone know to be watching for that. Yes. And the link for out of MLM.info is in the show notes as well. And we're going to have Michelle come on uh, shortly to explain all of that and what she's been up to and this amazing resource website that she's been busting her ass on. It's really, really impressive. So again, thank you so much, Danielle. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans.